Among JFK's Secret Service detail on the 22nd of November was somebody by the name of Paul Landis. He is 88 years old at present and still kicking, whereas the bucket is nowhere in sight. But also, as of September 10th, 2023, he has a story to tell. A new story. How is that possible? It has been 60 years since the Kennedy assassination. Ah, there it is. The big 6-0. The diamond anniversary. I have commented in other places how Intel just loves bringing new light, new angles, new epiphanies to their psyops every 5 or 10 years or so. It is predictable behavior by this point, usually landing right on the mark. I figure it's their way of causing you to relive the spill cast in the aftermath of the performance and not to forget about them. The article title says it all. JFK assassination witness breaks his silence and raises new questions. Imagine that. Somebody was keeping mum about his day in Dallas for six whole decades. Let's see what the announcement is this time around, shall we? The Warren Commission invented the magic bullet theory based upon a single bullet found on a stretcher believed to be held by John Connolly at Parkland Memorial Hospital. Did I misquote any of that? Please write me a letter explaining it if I did. Because really, it would be a darn shame if I misquoted how laughable any of this sounds. How about the 9-11 terrorist passports they conveniently found on a New York City sidewalk? Sound familiar? I'm having a difficult time seeing any difference between the two accounts. They simply found a bullet on a stretcher in a Dallas hospital and assumed both the bullet and the stretcher must have belonged to Connolly at one time. And furthermore, that it had been shaken from his body without the surgeons and nurses noticing. Yeah, right. Turns out Landis was the one who planted it there. That is his confession 60 years later. I know the article isn't expected to be read quite like that, but it's obviously what happened. He tampered with the crime scene and planted a piece of evidence, kind of like those 9-11 passports. The bullet, he said, was found in the limousine, lodged in the back of the seat behind where Kennedy was sitting. His reasoning for doing so, apparently, was to starve off the treasure hunters. But even that doesn't make any sense. The Secret Service agent in the president's limo was Clint Hill, not Landis. What was he doing digging around in the limousine to begin with? Seeking evidence or obstructing it? The car was a crime scene. If it was the souvenir crowd that he was truly concerned about, then why not stand there like a badass with his dark glasses and his gun and whatever communication device he had, warding off the media and the trinket scavengers? How did he know there weren't other bullets to be discovered, or even Saudi passports for that matter? But then he didn't even set it on Connolly's stretcher. No, he claims to have set it right next to Kennedy in hopes of furthering the investigation. The story doesn't end there, though. No, not by a long shot. The bullet somehow jumped from Kennedy's stretcher to another stretcher, which just so happens to have been the one used by Connolly, assumedly. Well now, that takes the magic bullet theory to new soaring heights. Everything we know about physics is dead wrong. 
Has the ballistics department heard about it? One must wonder if Landis planted the evidence onto the wrong stretcher and somebody else was sent in for the purposes of autocorrect. Oops. Up until now, Landis never once mentioned finding the bullet, which is totally suspect since two written statements filed within the week after the shooting have him stating only two shots were fired. To make matters worse, there is no mention of him ever going to the trauma room. He wasn't there according to his own testimony. Why the secret? If he did arrive, then the medical staff and his co-workers either didn't see him or didn't recognize him or agreed that there was nothing to see there and simply let him do his thing. Some of you will tell me he left out those very convenient details because he was in shock in the trauma room and had barely slept for five days. That's the story he's going with anyways. But then the following paragraph, which ends the article, by the way, is a curiosity piece. It was not until 2014, only one year after the golden anniversary, or the jubilee year, if you will, that Paul Landis realized his memory differed from the official account of things, huh? Up until that point, the narrative was one in which Paul Landis placed the bullet on the stretcher. He knew it, and apparently everyone else was self-aware of his actions. His two written testimonies relayed that fact, or so he thought. And as far as he was concerned, it wasn't a secret from anyone. His recent memory restoration is leading some to conclude that his remembrances are false, or that he's making the whole thing up. But then, if what he is saying is true, you and I know what is happening. Paul Landis is recollecting a parallel timeline which no longer exists, and he's also being gaslit. It is by no coincidence that 2014 comes into this either. We appear to have another Mandela effect on our hands.